you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Oh, you guys look good. I can't see you, so I'm lying. I don't know. It is so good to have you at Compassion. Glad to have you in the house of the Lord. And really good to have you on this special Superhero Sunday. We've asked people in our church today to bring somebody that made an impact on their life. A hero. Someone that has changed them, impacted them, and is special to them. And today, I hope that we've got a lot of people that have brought their heroes. So I want you to do me a favor today. If you're here and you brought a hero, I want you and your hero to stand up today. Would you do that, Bree? Stand up and have your hero stand up with you. Woo! Look around. Look around. Thank you guys so much. You can be seated. To all of our heroes, thank you. I want you to know that you may not feel it, you may not know it, but you are making an impact. And I want you also to know this today. I tell people all the time, we, we wait to a funeral or at a graveside to share the impact someone made on our lives. Don't do that. Do it today. When you leave here, someone else has done something that has made an impact on your life, then do me a favor. Give them a call today. Say, I want you to know, thank you for what you do, all you've done, and what you've done in my life. You have made an impact, and I want to say thank you so much for all you do in my life. Amen. I'm excited about Superhero Sunday. Are you? Amen. I, I, I was so excited. I did a push-up today. All right, I didn't make it all the way. I did a half a push-up today. But I thought, if Superman can do it, I can do it. For the last month, we've been talking about heroes. A hero is not someone that wears a cape or wears a mask. A hero isn't someone who flies or is stronger than the normal human being. That a hero is so much more than that. and A hero is more than you can ever imagine or conceive. And today, I want to talk to you about heroes. In fact, what I'll do today is use the the hero word, and I'll each, H-E-R-O, and beside each one, I'll give you what it means and explain what a hero is, and it may just shock you. I think to every little boy and little girl, probably their first superhero is their dad. It was mine. My first superhero was my dad. I thought he could do anything. There wasn't nothing he couldn't do. But I'll never forget the day that he stopped being the superhero. It wasn't that he did anything wrong. It wasn't that he made a mistake. It just was the moment that probably all of us as a child have experienced the day that we realize that our dad can't do everything. We'd gone to a basketball game in Fayetteville, North Carolina. While we were there for the game, we got there late, so we had to park way out from the gym. 
Well, we go inside, and you know, my dad was a preacher. So because my dad was a preacher, we were always the last to leave. Wherever you went, we were always the last to leave. Well, we left pretty late that night, and we're walking to the car, and pretty much everybody was gone. And a, a guy from our church passed by us named Maurice. I'll never forget Maurice. He was this big old muscular guy, kind of like me. And I'll never forget Maurice pulled up beside my dad and he rolled down the window and he said, hey, Pastor Leggett, do, do you want me to, to, to follow you to your car? And at that moment is the moment that my dad stopped being a superhero. Because at that moment, my dad said to Maurice, no, no, Maurice, thank you though, but you go on. And I went, no, no, dad. Because at that moment I realized we were in a bad part of Fayetteville, North Carolina, and if anybody came, Dad, I'm the smallest one. They're getting me first. That was kind of a sad day. I'll talk more about that a little bit later, about what we perceive a hero to be, what we think a hero is in our life. I want you to turn with me today to Judges chapter 6, verse 1, and if I could put a subtitle to my sermon today, it would be a unlikely hero. A unlikely hero. Probably like some of you that are sitting in the audience today, you got invited by someone, and when they said you were their hero, you're like, what? Hero? In fact, you maybe feel the furthest thing from that. You never even thought about yourself being a hero. In fact, you would think I'm the most unlikely to ever be a hero. But by the end of this sermon today, I'm going to tell you the opposite. The hero is not the strongest man or the one who can fly or the one who wears a tight suit, which now if you want to wear a tight suit, that is totally up to you. We would prefer you didn't. All your friends would like to say that to you. But see, that's not what makes a hero. Let, let me read with you in Judges chapter 6. And it says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years he gave them into the hand of the Midianites because the power of the Midian was so oppressive. The Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountains and cliffs, caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops... The Midianites and Amalekites and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And God, I pray that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one, leave this service the same way that they came. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, amen and amen. In this passage here, what we find is the Israelites, like usual, had got themselves in trouble. 
the author begins to talk about the Egyptians and how God had brought them out of the land of slavery, out of the Egyptian, how God had exited them out of all that they were going through. And when God brought them into this promise, and he in essence said to them, don't you serve the gods of those in your land. But they get there, and what happens? They begin to serve the gods in that land. Well, and then what ends up happening from there is, is that then they finally cry out to God, but before then, God has sent in these oppressors, these enemies, to come into the land, and these oppressors come in and take everything they've got. Anytime they have crops, they come and raid the crops. Anytime they have livestock out there, they come and steal the livestock. They take everything they can to the point that now the Israelites are hiding. Here's where our unlikely hero comes into the picture. The people cry out to God. God hears their cry and sends them a hero. The problem is, is the hero that God will send, let me tell you where we find him in the story, he's hiding in a cave. Don't sound like a hero, does he? He's there at a wine press, but he's not messing with wine. He's trying to get some grain taken care of, but he's having to hide in the wine press in the cave so that the Israelite, or so that when they come down to steal from the Israelites, they won't steal his food. God comes to get in and says, in essence, hey, get in. I want you to rescue my people. And he's like, I'm sorry who you're talking to. I'm not your man. In fact, the angel says, I tell you what I do, put an offering on here, and I'm going to cook that offering. And he does. He puts an offering up on there. When he does, boom, the angel touches it. Boom, and it cooks the offering. That's not enough. Now, see, when an angel came and talked to me, I would have already thought, hey, maybe. Maybe I should do what he says. Second, when he comes down and pretty much cooks the offering, I, yeah, that's like instant microwave. In fact, it's the first microwave we find in the Bible. It was under the brand angel. Now I'm just playing. But he still doesn't believe that he can do it. So what ends up happening is he said, God, I tell you what. I'm going to go to bed. When I wake up tomorrow, this fleece that I've got here on the ground, let it be wet and the rest of the ground be dry. Next morning, that's where you all say, we're going to put a fleece before God. It comes from Gideon. So the next day, he picks up the fleece, the ground's dry, and he reaches out the fleece and he's like, okay, God. I still don't believe in you. He says, God, I'll tell you what. Tomorrow when I wake up, let the ground be wet and the fleece be dry. It's kind of like, God, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk outside and all the money that I throw up in the air, what falls back in my hand, that's what I'm going to put in the offering. That's kind of what Gideon was doing. He was hoping that, well, God, that, listen, I can understand the fleece staying wet, but now the fleece to be dry and the ground be wet, that ain't going to happen. So the next morning, he wakes up, and guess what? The ground is wet, and the fleece is dry, and he's like, okay, all right, God. So for God just to add to it, what God does is, is he gets 32,000 soldiers. Now, still not as big as their oppressor, but hey, maybe we got a shot. But God says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go tell the army, if any of them are afraid, they can go home. I'm sorry, you know they're all afraid. What do you mean? Go tell them if any of them are afraid, they can leave and go home. By this time, Gideon's about to lose it. What? So Gideon goes says, if any of you are afraid, go home. What? If any of you are afraid, go home. 22,000 left. 
He's down to 10,000 soldiers to go up against a vast army. But see, God ain't done yet. What happens is they get to the brook and the soldiers are there and some bend down and, and they do this. You know how those, that person is and always the first to get to the table and start eating before you pray. Look at the person beside you if they're that person. He said, now the people that have been down and drink like this, they got to go. But the people that do this and bring the water up and drink, they're the soldiers. So from 10,000, he cuts it down to 300. If I was getting out, I'd be like, no, done, but he doesn't. And what ends up happening is they go to battle with 300 men against a vast army. It would be what we call the first guerrilla warfare. Because in the middle of the night, they show up and they got torches inside of jars. They got torches in one hand. They got a trumpet in the other hand. They get there and Gideon says, shout. And when he shouts, they do. And they break open the jars on the, on the torches and they blow the trumpets. And all of the army wakes up, freaks out, and they kill it themselves. And they don't have to go to battle. But God uses this most unlikely hero to do it. So I want to share with you today four things that we learned. The first is letter H from, from the word hero. What does it tell us? First, a hero is a humble helper. A hero are humble helpers. In fact, let me say this. If you think you're all that in a bag of chips, you probably ain't a hero. If you're full of yourself and full of pride, you're not a hero. Gideon was humble. In fact, Gideon was pretty much scared. He, he was humble, but he was willing. God, I'll do it. I don't think I can. I'm afraid I'll mess up. I'm afraid I'll screw up. But God, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. God is looking for humble people, not prideful people, not full of themselves. Listen, let me tell you, there is a big difference between confidence and arrogance. Have you ever met someone that's they're confident, they're fun to be around, but they're confident versus that person that you know they're arrogant? They're two different things. See, God, the reason why he wants a humble person, God wants someone that is humble to be a hero in someone's life because they won't make it about them, they'll make it about God. They won't make it about their talents, they'll make it about God's truth. See, God wants somebody that is humble that will always say, it is never about me. It's never about getting praise. It's always about God receiving the praise for what he's doing in me and through me. That's what God's looking for. We can all do it. I do it sometimes. I'll preach a sermon. I'll get through it. I'm like, wow. Somebody call T.D. Jakes. He needs that sermon. And can I tell you, it never fails that when I do that, not one person compliments my sermon. Not one. And then there are days I'll get up here and I'll preach and I get through it. I'm like, oh my God. That is the worst thing I've ever done. These people should be paid for coming to church to hear what they just heard. And it'll never fail. Shut up. It'll never fail. I'll leave and about five or six people come say, that's the best sermon I've ever heard. I'm like, what? Have you never been to church before? I've learned that when I'm getting a sermon ready, and I'll do it, Laurie will tell you, when I get sermons ready, I walk around the house and I preach to myself and I'm like, oh man, oh John, that's good, that's good. That's all, oh, oh. It's true. 
But the more I go, ooh, that's good, the more I'm like, John, you better calm down. Because I guarantee you it probably ain't that good. God's looking people for, with humility. Proverbs 11, 2 says it this way. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But when humility comes, comes wisdom. If you will humble yourself before God and others, God will bring wisdom in your life. But if you don't humble yourself, the reason why he doesn't bring, I didn't say knowledge. Some of you are very knowledgeable, but you're not very wise. Some of you know a lot, but you're still stupid. God, listen, he will give wisdom to the ones he can trust with that wisdom. He'll give wisdom to the ones that he knows will use it for his glory, for his name, amen. That's who God will give wisdom. It says in Colossians 3.12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility. In other words, why do I have to clothe myself? Humility will not come easy. In fact, this is what I implore you to do every morning this week. I want you to wake up, get out of bed, and go. And when your wife or your spouse asks you what you're doing, I want you to say this. I'm putting on my humility. Because listen, it won't come easy. You'll do something that's so full of yourself and so prideful. But see, a hero is someone that it's not about them, never was about them. It was always about bringing glory to God and helping others. Amen. Whoa, that's good. Number two, a hero, let's let her E, a hero experiences self-expectation doubts. A hero is not some of the things that got it all together. A hero is not somebody that thinks they got it all figured out. In fact, a hero is somebody that will doubt. A hero is somebody that will not always believe in themselves. A hero is somebody that many times thinks they don't have the goods, the capability. Listen, when God first called me, I said, God, did everybody else turn you down? Being brave is not the absence of fear. Being a hero is not the absence of doubt. Heroes would doubt. Heroes would doubt themselves. Heroes won't always believe in everything they're doing. Heroes sometimes know they're going to make mistakes and fail and falter. But yet a hero is someone despite their doubts. Despite their disbelief. Remember the guy, he came to me and says, do you believe? He said, yes, I believe, but help my unbelief. God, I believe in you, but I don't always believe in myself. God, I believe in you, but I don't always believe you're going to make it work for me. God, I believe in you, but I'm, I'm afraid sometimes that maybe you don't hear me. We want to say that a Christian or a believer is someone that's full of faith and never doubts. That's not true. All the mighty men throughout the Bible doubted. Remember Peter got out of the boat. He was full of pride at first. He wasn't humble. If it is you, Lord, let me walk on water. Come on, Peter. Peter gets out of the boat, gets in the water, and all of a sudden he sees the storms and the waves. He's like, where's the hero that got out of the boat? The hero that got out of the boat is now full of horror and needs help. Remember what Jesus said to him? Oh, Peter, you have a little faith. 
It wasn't, it wasn't Jesus trying to pick on Peter. It wasn't Jesus trying to make Peter feel bad. He said, Peter, I want you to realize what just happened. What just happened, if you'll believe in me and have faith in me and trust in me, I'll take care of you. I want you to hear me when I say that to you. I'm not saying doubt won't come. I'm not saying heroes don't struggle with insecurities. What I am saying though is when they come and you feel those insecurities, you cry out to God and say, God, wait a minute. I know that fear is not from you. I know that worry's not from you. I know that doubt doesn't come from heaven. God, I know that doesn't belong to you. Lord, is it the enemy working in my life to make me not believe? But yet I believe with you, God, all things are possible. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says it this way. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Whose? His, not yours. Listen, you're going to mess up sometimes. If you've never messed up in here, raise your hand. I'm about to say, any of you raise your hand, I'm going to shoot you right here on stage. We've all messed up. Listen, some of you messed up today. In fact, some of you, met, you walked in the church and messed up. Somebody didn't look at you the right way. You're like, well, who do they think they are? They think they better than me. What you don't know is what you just did is you just sinned. Because you just, what you don't know is they had a little gas at that moment and they just weren't paying attention to you. They're more like, oh, wow. But they're trying not to show it, so they're looking at you, but they're not really looking. Have you ever done that before? You're looking at somebody, but you're really not looking at them. You're like, I was at a, play, a restaurant a while back and I'm looking out the window. And as I'm looking out the window, what I don't realize is there's a woman stand, sitting in front of the window and I'm just looking out the window going. <laughs> Find out no, she's good, she's going. <laughs> What's your name? I'm just playing. I'm scared of my villain over there, so. Oh, don't judge me. Number three, R. A hero is someone who they realize who they must rely on. They must rely on. We get look, you have too many men. This is out of Judges chapter seven, verse uh, two. You have too many men. I cannot deliver me into your hands or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear must turn back and leave Mount Gilead. In other words, God says, if we're about to do this great work and any of you can take credit for it, then I don't want you to do it. A hero is someone that knows they must rely on God. God is your strength. God is your power. God is your sustainer. God is your healer. God is your deliverer. He is your banner over you. He is your Jehovah Jireh, your Jehovah McKinnish. He is your God. God's the one you must rely on. And if you will ever start relying on God, you don't have to be afraid or worried or doubt anymore because if you will learn to rely on God, you know God's always going to bring you through. He's always going to work it out. I'm not saying he'll bring you out of the storm right away, but he'll be with you right in the middle of the storm with that umbrella. A hero is someone that realizes they must rely on God. That's what a hero is. 
Not someone that's got it all figured out. Not someone that knows all the answer. It tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. In other words, can I tell you what that means? God will straighten out all the bad issues and all the problems. If you just keep walking and saying, God, listen, I don't know what I'm about to walk through, but I know you've already been there. I don't know what's on the other side of the door of tomorrow, but I know, God, you've already fixed it. Lord, I don't understand why, where, what. I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but what I do know is my God is with me. If my God is for me, then who in this world could ever be against me? For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Philippians 4.19 says it this way, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. All, all, say all, all. Sometimes, every once in a while, if he feels like it, what does he say? All. Now, let me say this. He will meet all your needs, but not always the way you think. Lord, I'm just praying right now that, that you bring Brad Pitt in my life. He's probably not bringing Brad Pitt in your life. He may be Brad Smith. Lord, I just pray you bring easy, yeah, thank you. There's wisdom in you. God has given that man wisdom right there. That's close to Let me just get back into the Bible. Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do. <laughs> it's just how fast he did that. He goes, easy. You know why he said it? He's done it. He's done it before. He'll never make that mistake again. That black guy took a long time to go away. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Amen. Here's number four. I got two minutes to close. Number four. A hero, letter O, is optimistic in opposition. Optimistic in opposition. A hero will go through opposition. You will go through trials and tribulations. You will go through tough times. We don't belong here. I don't know how to say that to you. Me and my wife listened to a great sermon on the way to Tulsa yesterday or this week. We were designed to be in the Garden of Eden. That's where we belong. That's where we belong. Adam and Eve messed it all up. We'll have a conversation when we get to heaven. We'll talk to them about that. But the moment that the fall took place, we live in a broken world. And in the broken world we live in will come pain, sorrow, hurt, sadness. See, here's the greatness of it though. Even in the middle of opposition, I will remain optimistic. That's what a hero does. God, I don't have to see the outcome for I know you've already taken care of it. I don't have, I don't have to know how the enemy is going to be defeated. I know you've already taken care of it. 
Let me tell you when my dad became my hero again. I'll close with this. I was walking through an airport one day. I had to go pick up my dad. As we're going through the airport, we come to a guy's shining shoes. My dad stops to get his shoes shined. I've never seen him do that before. I'm 20-something years old. I'm like, I ain't got time for this dad. I mean, you, you know, he's the bishop of a denomination at this time. And I'm like, you become so spoiled, you got to get your shoes shined. I'm standing behind the guy shining his shoes. And I'll never forget. The guy says to my dad, he says, so, sir, what do you do for a living? He said, I am an insurance salesman. And I said, you liar. Are you that embarrassed to be a preacher that you? And I kind of looked at him. My dad kind of looked at me and smiled like, oh, are you? Well, what kind of insurance do you sell, sir? My dad goes, I sell life insurance, the best life insurance out there. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty good. And at that moment, my dad began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with this guy. See, no longer was it about how strong my father was and who he could beat up. It was now how my father, one person at the time, was trying to save the world. And at that moment, he became Superman, Batman, Captain Marvel. He became Captain America. See, it wasn't that my father was a hero because he didn't have any faults. He was a hero despite his faults. It wasn't that he was a hero because of how much he could lift or he could fly. He became a hero because in my eyes at that moment, my father cared more about the kingdom of God than he did anything else. My father cared about the soul of that man he had never met. He was a hero in my eyes. See, some of you here today, you didn't know that you were somebody's hero until you got the phone call. What you think is tiny and small is something that is so great to that person sitting beside you. It changed their life. It impacted their world. And today, our church just wanted to say to you, thank you for being a hero. It means the world. I want you to stand with me this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask you a question. How many would like to be a hero of the faith? Raise your hand. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. Thank you, Lord, that they want to be heroes of the faith. It won't always be easy. It won't mean that they're perfect. There will be doubts. But God, I pray today that a hero of the faith is someone that is, that is humble. Someone that, yes, expects that they will come up short. A hero is someone that relies on you. 
most of all, Lord, a hero is someone that even in the midst of opposition, they still remain optimistic. Make them a hero today. Let them be a blessing to somebody else. Let them change the life of an individual by showing them the love of Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know where I'm going. Heaven or hell, I don't know. I want you to know it says in 1 John that it is written that you may know you've got eternal life. So you don't have to guess or wonder. For some of you today, you've never met Jesus. He's never been the Lord of your life. For others, you knew Jesus at one time, but you've walked away, you've left him, and you've gone your own way. Whichever it is, I want you to know I've got good news for you. Jesus loves you today. God loves you today. It doesn't matter your past, your sin, your mistakes. God doesn't care about your past. He cares about your tomorrow. He doesn't care about where you've been. He cares where you're going. And if you're here today and you would like to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, it is so simple. Just admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and love. Believe that he's a son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day and lives forevermore. And with your mouth, confess him, Lord, of your life, he shall be saved. If that is you today, you'd like to give your heart and life to Christ, I just want you to raise your hand. No one's looking. So if you're here today, amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. I've had four raise their hand, give God praise. I want you to say this prayer with me, everybody, not just the four. But I want everyone to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. It's four new names that were written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You ready? Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise this morning. Hallelujah. We are so thankful that you chose to join us here at Compassion Church online today. We hope and pray that God spoke something specifically to your heart and life that you can take and go share with someone else. Don't forget, if you have any needs or prayers, make sure that you connect with us. We're a family and we do life together. So don't forget, comment below, message one of us, and we'd love to connect with you. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you back next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. 